0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. I have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, and I'm going to try not to ramble too long on any one of them, so let's just jump right into it and start with the news. Now, as you'd imagine, I'm going to start with the Nintendo Switch announcement, but I'm not going to go through all the details or give my opinion. There's a million really great people on YouTube that already do that, so I'm just going to stick to the basic facts um, for all the people that just haven't really been paying attention. It's going to uh, launch on March 3rd, Cost costs 300 and comes in two different bundles. One is a uh, gray controller, the other is like blue and orange. Um, I guess they're referring to that as neon. Uh, it supports three gameplay modes. We already know about that. On the TV, you know, as a handheld tablet, and then the little, you know, with the kickstand mode. Um, there's a bunch of launch titles, including the Zelda game. Um, there's going to be a Mario game called Mario Odyssey, which isn't a 2D side-scrolling. It's kind of like an all-new gameplay um, and there's already a port of Mario Kart 8 for it, so uh, I'll probably get that because that was a fun game. Uh, games are going to be about 60, which is the same as it was for Wii U. Um, the tablet itself has about six hours of bat- has up to six hours of battery life. So on really processor intensive games like Zelda, it's probably only two and a half hours, but it's still kind of kind of neat. We'll see how that um, pans out. It, uh, it's a multi-touch touchscreen. Um, and undocked the run on 720p in the tablet mode and 1080p on the console mode, which is a little disappointing for people who have 4K TVs and really wanted it, you know, um, in the native resolution. But, uh, you know, nothing you could do about that, I guess. I think we all kind of knew it was going to be a little underpowered, just like the Wii and the Wii U were. Um, It supports something called HD Rumble. So it's not just a rumble pack, it has different uh, tactic feedbacks, um, which is supposed to be really awesome, but of course developers would have to make use of it. Um, they have a pro controller out for it, and uh, they've confirmed that they're doing a bunch of different retro games, uh, like virtual console ports, including a bunch of Neo Geo games that have already been confirmed to have a retro mode, which is probably going to be the same thing as they did on the NES Classic. Um, also, there's no region locking on games. So, they're definitely finally paying attention to the fact that people want to play games from all over the world. That's pretty good. Um, And Kotaku did a size comparison on how it actually compares uh, between the Wii U controllers and things like that, which I thought were kind of neat. I pre-ordered one uh, through Target, so based on how they handle everything else, I'll probably get it a few days after launch day. Um, I tried to get, there was a few different uh, editions of Zelda, and although I'm not much of a collector, I only buy all the stuff that I would use, or or I think I might someday use, but this is one of the few things I really wanted to collect. It's it's like a Zelda, um, the sword statue and everything, and they called it the Master's Edition, but that sold out immediately. Um, But other than that, I mean, it looks pretty promising, Um, and they do have, like, a a subscription service like Sony uh, always did, and people have been complaining about it, but just kind of reading through it it looks neat and some of the wording i didn't know if i interpreted it correctly but it seems like you'd be able to play two-player uh virtual console games over the internet through those now i might have just read it wrong but i don't know if they'd confirmed yes or no either way so that's the full switch rundown um if you want any more details, I have uh, links to everything I talked about in the description. Um, there's just a stack of of info on it, and I kind of read through as much as I could and took the links that I, I felt had the best info in it. Maybe there's one place that has all of them even better, but uh, I'm I'm excited for it. I hope uh, you know. I hope it doesn't suck. <laughs> I might have a small update on the frame meister. Old games guy sent me a link to an article from December um, that was in Japanese that talked about the Meister being discontinued. But in this article, it also mentioned that there's no development plan for successors, um, and that stakeholders also said it might be the last XRGB. So um, I did use Google Translate to read it, so maybe any of my Japanese-speaking friends could take a look at it for me. Um, but it could just be that they're not going to call it the Framemeister. The translation said there's no development plan for successor aircraft at the moment. So there's obviously a translation thing going on. But um, I really hope they they don't discontinue all upscalers, because there was a ton of room for improvement in the Framemeister. But, I mean, I'm not going to worry too much, because the OSSC is pretty awesome, and I'm sure that if there isn't a next Framemeister, that Mark would probably um, just step up and maybe make the next version of that uh to really take its place. So, I'm not as worried as you probably think I should be, but um uh you know, it was a great product and I hope they make another one, but if they don't, in my opinion, it's not the end of the world yet. It looks like the Atari 5200 RGB kit is about ready for release. Simeus listed the price as $55. Um, and he said he has a full list of everybody that has expressed interest and that we should check the list and uh, make sure the quantity is correct, um, make sure you still want one, and that he'll be contacting people directly through PM. So the link to the Atari Age forum is in the description, uh, as well as the list of the people that he um, that have asked to, uh, to purchase one. So if you're interested, definitely post in that forum uh, as soon as possible and check the list to make sure that you're already on it. And if anybody has an extra Atari 5200 they want to sell me, let me know because uh, I need to get one before I install this board. But I'm excited. Yet yet another thing I never thought I would uh, get to do, and now it's 5200 with an RGB kit. It looks like the G Comp Switch is almost ready for pre-orders. So that's the component and composite video switch, the four-to-one switch from Super G, the developer of the G Scart switch. So it, uh, I've been testing one for a while. It looks pretty much exactly as you would expect. and It's the same design as the GSCART switch, and it works perfect. I didn't find any hiccups in it at all. Um, and I'll actually have a full review on that by the end of the week, probably up on YouTube. But um, it's uh, so far so good, and he had a few prototypes that he sold to members of the forum that he's been posting in just to do some last-minute testing. And if everything goes as planned, he should have pre-orders open for that fairly soon and it's going to be $90 plus shipping. So another very cool product from Super G, and uh, I'll have that video up by the end of the week. And a bit more news from Super G, the G-SCART Switch Lite is uh, hitting prototype phase now, um, and we should start testing fairly soon, and as soon as it gets ready for production, I'll let everybody know. But it's basically just a stripped down, cheaper version of the G-SCART Switch. And also, the main GSCART switch is back open for pre-order. So every time this happens, people tend to get pissed, and I don't really understand why, because he's actually kept to his word the whole time. But just to reiterate again, he opens it up for pre-order. Everybody just, you know, keeps. I think he keeps it open for a few weeks. Whoever wants one pays him through PayPal. And then once it reaches a certain number, he'll cut it off, send the order in, get the switches back, ship them, and then start again. Um, for some reason, people get really pissed when they miss it, but he has the pre-orders open for weeks. So, um, I guess I'll tweet about it, uh, and hit up on Facebook too, and I'll mention it in all the roundups just for people that, uh, that need a reminder. But if you want one, now's the time to pick one up because it's usually a few months between batches. Uh, and it's, you know, it's the same, no revision difference. It's that same reliable switch that I've been using for a while now. So if you need one now, it's definitely the time. DB Electronics has just gotten more stock of his FM power base converter, so that is the converter that allows you to play Master System games on a Genesis with FM sound, and he also has his 240p carts in stock, so those are uh, actual real Genesis cartridges with the 240p test suite on it, so if you were waiting on either of those, definitely pick them up now. Also from DB Electronics, he has a universal cartridge dumper that he's been working on that basically allows you to dump the ROM of pretty much any cartridge you put in this device. So if anybody's interested, um, I'll post the link, and I think he's got... Um, I, I don't know if he's trying to open-source it fully, uh, or if he just wants to share the project with anybody that's interested, but um, the link's in the description. Next, it looks like the Bliss Box is now going to support the Raspberry Pi and all of the different emulation systems on it. So I had the creator of the BlissBox Box on as actually one of my first interviews, and we talked a lot about that. And there were a few workarounds to, to get it working on Linux and through the Raspberry Pi. But now he's got just a firmware update for it that supposedly allows it to be completely compatible. Um, I actually have somebody borrowing mine now, so I haven't had a chance to test it, but that is really cool. That way you could just use some of those um, very easy-to-install emulation systems on it, plug it in, and use the original controllers. But it also means you could use stuff like the, uh, I love the, the Genesis six-button fighting stick. I think a lot of people said they didn't think it was that good. Maybe it's nostalgia, but I always liked it. I thought it was really comfortable. Um, and a couple other you know, things I would use with arcade games. So um, as soon as I get it back, I'll definitely put it through its paces and, and really test it. Um, and maybe I'll even just do a full video on it as well. But uh, anybody that has a Bliss box, definitely update the firmware and give it a try. There's a bunch of news from the team behind the Shovel Knight game. First of all, it'll be available on the Nintendo Switch, which is good that they're now supporting the newer platforms that are coming in. And also, the game is being renamed and kind of split up. So if you've played the game before, it started out as a pretty cool side-scroller callback to the retro stuff. So I guess, to me, it reminded me very much of DuckTales in a good way. Um, But then they released an expansion pack for it, which kind of added a a different character and a different way to play it, and I think there's going to be another character added to it. So rather than just having expansion packs, they renamed it um, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, and the original game is going to be Shovel Knight, Shovel of Hope. So I don't think the original game has really changed that much, but at least the naming is going to make it easier. But I'm a big fan of those games, uh, and I really I would buy it again on the Switch just uh, just to support the team behind it because it's not too expensive of a game anyway. But great news that they're still working on it, and I can't wait to play through it again. Also, Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap has just been confirmed that it'll be released on the Switch as well. Um, and that is the HD remake of that original Wonder Boy game. So it's really cool that these guys are all supporting the newer platform, and it's making me very happy that I bought a Switch, because now at least there's a few games I'll play on it. Some people found code hidden in the NES Classic. Just a fun little message from the developers, uh, and it says um, it's in reference to Hanafuda, which is the original playing cards that Nintendo used to make before they were actually um, a, a, like an, a hardware game maker. Uh, And it says, and I know I'm going to kill the pronunciation. Sorry to my Japanese friends. This is the Hanafuda Captain speaking. Launching emulation 321. Many efforts, tears, and countless hours have been put into this jewel. So please keep this place tidied up and don't break anything. Cheers, the Hanafuda Captain. Well, we did break it, guys. We broke the shit out of it, and now we're loading more games on it. Someone just posted a very cool guide for taking a Genesis controller and making it wireless. So the uh, guide's up there for anybody that wants to try it. It's a little bit complicated, but it looks like a lot of fun. So if you're into uh, just weird projects and want to kill some time, this definitely looks like something worth doing. It looks like Apple just increased the size limit of Apple TV apps to 4GB. I didn't realize it, but it previously was capped at 200 megabytes, which is a bit ridiculous for most modern games. So maybe this will finally open the door to having a bunch of great games come to the Apple TV. Because while I wouldn't consider it a gaming platform, I already have one, and I already use it, so if somebody puts some good games on it, why wouldn't I buy them on there? So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see better ports come to it, and that way, for people that don't necessarily want to buy a modern console but still want to play some newer games... Now we have an easy way to incorporate that into a device most of us probably would own at some point anyway. My buddy Christian sent me links to a French forum that has different Raspberry Pi boards available. So they're kind of similar to the ones from Arcade Forge, but they're more expensive and offer more features, which... You know, that's fine. Uh, I love options. So most people might just want the cheaper one from Arcade Forge. Some people might want these with um, uh, with all the extra options. At the time of filming this, the forum actually went down. So I have the pictures up for people that want to see it, but uh, hopefully they'll get the forum fixed. And I think they've been shipping for a while too. Um, and they allow you to do things like add in uh, a Neo Geo controller or a regular Genesis-style controller uh, it's very cool. So I'm starting to get really excited about Raspberry Pi gaming. Um, a few people have emailed me and basically said like, why it's the same as it's always been, but just the thought of buying something so cheap and being able to do so much with it, um, and, and in my opinion, easier than on Windows machines, it's a lot of fun. So here's yet another couple of devices that allow you to do that, both with SCAR output and with JAMA output for arcade, actual stand-up arcade systems. The OSSC just had another firmware update. This one allows for different profiles, so you could actually set things the way you like it for one console and save it as profile 1, and then different consoles really react differently to it. I know for me, when I used my uh, Genesis console through it, I'd have to turn up the low-pass filter. For Super Nintendo, I'd like certain things different ways as well. So now you can actually save them all as different profiles, and you just you know write down which number does what. And it's awesome. There's a few other little enhancements in there too, uh, the link is in the description for anybody that wants to check it out, but I'm really happy that they're keeping up with this and that it's just really progressing. You know, Every time I turn around, it's got another small new feature. So congrats to them, and I hope this thing really just keeps evolving. It looks like one of the next major updates of Windows 10 is getting a game mode. So this basically shuts down any services that aren't necessary while gaming. And it's supposed to speed up uh, gameplay, speed up your computer, and probably, you know, reduce latency over the network, because it probably shuts down certain network ports that aren't available. I'm just kind of speculating here, but basically Windows 10 is getting a game mode that uh, supposedly does help. So when it's actually released, I'll test it and see. But it's cool that Microsoft's actually looking into this and realizing that things like this do make a difference. I remember back in my uh, Windows XP days, and even before that, like I would build very specific I would install it very specific ways and kind of pick through and shut off everything and just tweak the hell out of my system to get every little ounce of power out of it. So it would be very cool if they just had a button you could press to do that automatically. Somebody on the Crix forum posted a guide on how to use a wireless SD card with their with your EverDrive. So um, this is something that people have been talking about for a while and I think they used the original iFi and couldn't get it working, but now there's a Transcend Wi-Fi card that um, that he tested. But it's it's very very neat in my opinion. Um, basically, you know, you configure everything, you turn on the console, and you could transfer files over Wi-Fi, so you don't have to remove the SD card and hook it up to your uh, PC. Obviously, it's not necessary. I mean, it doesn't take too much effort to just stick your SD card in. But I love silly hacking stuff like this, and if I uh, if I ever stumble across one of these Transcend cards, I'll probably get one just to just to try it out myself. There's a few ROM hacking updates that uh, I guess I'll try to get it out all in one shot. Um, First, the game Legend of Link, which I've been playing and like a lot, just had an update to it that fixes a problem if you've been using it on real hardware. So if you've burned it to a flash chip um, and you're using it on an actual Famicom or Nintendo, um, you're going to definitely want this newer version because there were potential issues with the save game files. I actually learned this firsthand because that happened to mine. And a huge, huge thanks to Leon K., the guy who made me my Legend of Link cart, as well as Infidelity, the creator of the game. Because they both worked pretty hard to try to figure out, uh, you know, why it was happening, if you could fix the save file or not. Um, So if you already have one of those games, um, you know, it should be pretty easy to update it. And if not, then maybe uh, talk to the people you bought it from and see if they'll just do a, a quick reflash for you for, you know, hopefully they won't overcharge for anything like that. Um, Next, there's a game called Metroid Rogue Dawn that's been getting a lot of press. I guess it's a fan-made prequel to the original Metroid, and um, I actually haven't had any time to play it other than to get past the main title screen just to see what it's like, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to chastise me for saying this, but I actually don't like playing the original Metroid anymore. It's an amazing, groundbreaking game, so many things wouldn't have happened without it, but it's just, zero mission is so much better. <laughs> so uh, I hope to eventually give this one a try and see what I think of it. There's been a few other original Metroid ROM hacks that I didn't really get into that much, but this one's been getting a lot of press, and I hope it's as awesome as people say it is. Uh, next, a bunch of guys made a fan sequel to Alex Kidd for the Master System. So it's, you know, it's not an official sequel, but they basically redid the whole original game with all new levels and stuff and made it theirs. Um, and that looks pretty cool. I I would like to try that as well, hopefully when I get my SMS back from Voltar. Right, Voltar? (laughs) Uh, If that ever happens, um, I will be trying that out. Um, And also, uh, something new and different and weird, and I, I love the concept, but somebody took Gunstar Hero for Game Gear, and they did the Game Gear to SMS patching to it, but one of the things they tried to do is in order to get the full color palette they used the sega 3d glasses to kind of blend two colors together so if you put on the 3d glasses um, i don't think you get a 3d effect but when the lcd shutter blends the two colors together you should actually be able to see more colors than the sms can actually output which is i would have never thought of that i love crazy weird things like this so uh, you know, really great idea to the person that did it. And uh, I think that's pretty much it for software ROM patch updates. The Neo SD team just posted an update to their ROM cart status. It looks like the MVS PCB boards were produced and on their way, um, which is about a month delay. Uh, and it looks like the AES PCBs should be done by the end of the month. So it looks like the total ship dates might be a few weeks to a month later than they had originally anticipated, but supposedly it's still um, otherwise on track. So I still have my AES pre-ordered, so I'm sure people will get the MVS versions before I get mine, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what it's like, and I will do a full review as soon as it arrives. The creator of the upcoming Jaguar and Neo Geo Pocket Collar flashcards just posted a video on YouTube showing the NGP one in action. Um, It's still a prototype and it's not nearing completion, but he said it is easier than the Jaguar one, so it's not too far off. It was a pretty cool video and he went in and kind of showed um, what he's been working on and gave some updates on both. So if you're interested in either project, uh, definitely check it out. And also his links flashcard is still available for pre-order. He just has that ongoing pre-order list on Atari age. so anybody that's interested can still get them from that same location. Well, that's it for the news, but there's one kind of fun thing that I would like to show everybody. I was hanging out with Cousin Scott and Kenji, the guy that does the opening and closing of the podcast, uh, and my buddy Xavier, and Xavier goes, Hey, did you guys see they figured out how to kill Big Boo in Mario World? And all of us kind of went, What? And he showed it to us. You guys got to check it out, and for people who are listening and not watching, it's only a second, so don't worry. So there you go. Um, I, I don't remember if I'd never heard of that before, or if I'd heard of it years ago and then forgot all about it. I vaguely remember hearing something about that a long time ago, but I had completely forgotten. And I'd even uh, recently, in the past few years, played through all of Super Mario World. So, and I definitely didn't remember it for that. I wish I did. So just a fun, neat tip for any fans of this NES Mario game. Now on to the Q&As. A bunch of people actually posted to let me know that that SMS, Game Gear, and Mark III adapter was not actually made by Hyperkin. It's made by Cyber Gadget, the guys who made the Retro Freak. So, and it's already available. So I'll leave a link to that for anybody that needs it. Um, it's expensive. It's like 60, uh, or $60 or $70. So I'm not really sure how much people would actually use that. But at least, you know, if I ever stumble across one cheap, I'll get it just to have. It seems like it might come in handy at some point. Next, a Akaris posted in regards to that SCART cable that I had bought off of Amazon and was talking about last week. He said, Cable Direct is a German company, and they're known for high-quality cables. Uh, and also, if you don't use Amazon or want to pay with PayPal, you could find the same cable in 6 and 10 f- versions from various resellers on eBay. So that's good to know. Thanks. Next, HD Retrovision posted in regards to the conversation last week about using AVRs to either um, change and upscale the signal or just to kind of make it more compatible with like the OSSC or with their cables. And they said they actually have a list of different AVRs that people have tested and said that are compatible with their cables. So that would be 240p component video signal. So I still would really like to get into testing more of these things. Um, I just don't really have access to them. But if you have one and you have the ability to do a lag test and follow the HD RetroVision test for it, um, it would be great if maybe you just email them and I'll have them add lag to their spreadsheet. Um, And that way we kind of have one place where we know that uh, we could check and get one if we need to. Next, Beef Curtain 69 Really, dude? (laughs) uh he said i know there's a lot of compatibles 64 gig sd cards but are there any specific ones that people say are the best to use um i can only vouch for the one that i use um i bought a couple now because a few of my friends needed them for theirs uh and they're expensive but they're really fast so i don't think it would make that much of a difference actually on the sd to SNES, but it's certainly faster copying the stuff to it Uh, but i'll have a link in the description for anybody that wants to buy one Next, Merak Steele asked if I've done an input lag tests on uh, Raspberry Pi emulation, and no, not yet, but that's actually something I really want to try as well. Um, Brian from RetroUSB actually taught me how to make a controller mod that the light lights up every time a button's pressed. So uh, I want to. Not only do I want to test Raspberry Pi versus Windows, but I also want to test the different ways to do it on the Pi. And I'm going to concentrate on MAME and Final Burn Alpha, and I might do like a Super Nintendo one as well. But um, it's just I'm, my emulation's really concentrating on arcade stuff because it's the one thing that it, it's just impossible to be able to collect all of those different arcade boards. I mean, you'd need a warehouse and a million bucks. So to me, that's by far the most important. Is getting arcade emulation correct also my friend kenji uh, recommended the casio elixim for doing this because he said although it's really low resolution some of their point and shoot cameras could actually do a thousand frames a second and that's perfect that's exactly what i need Um, he said one model the ex-zr400 worked for him um, but I'm gonna, I think that was Japan only, so I'm gonna see if there is any US based ones that are maybe a little cheaper. But that one sells for like 130. So if I could actually use that as a 1000 frame per second slow mo camera, I mean, that would be the perfect way to do all these tests. So I'll keep everybody updated. And lastly, Old Games Guy said that the DOS based FAT32 utility. Um, that I've been using for 64-gig SD cards, he can confirm that it actually works on much larger than just 64 cards, and the people that have been using the Saturn um, SD readers, or even the one for the Dreamcast, have been running up to 256 gigs on those. So that's a great tip. Thanks for letting us know. Um, Also, Corey from My Life in Gaming has sent a GUI version of that, um, no, I mean, yeah, it's the other one's a DOS version, but you only have to type one line, but I, I haven't had a chance to test it yet, but if I do, I'll update the guide with that as well, because, I mean, if it's point and click, it is technically easier, but, um, thanks to both of you guys for that. Well, that's it for this week. Once again, no interview. Sorry about that. Um, maybe now's the time to finally split up the weekly roundup in the interviews. Uh, to be honest, I really liked having them combined. Uh, I don't know why, I just did. Um, And the last time I asked what people thought about it, it was pretty much 50-50, the people that wanted them together and wanted it separate. So I'm not really sure. Maybe I just, you know, a short guest, like the few times I've had Scott pop in and give his feedback on stuff, you know, I wouldn't call that an interview, but, you know, maybe I'll keep that for the weeklies and for the the actual sit down, talk about products, talk about stuff. Maybe I'll do that on the 1st and 15th of the month. I don't really know, um, but as always, I just I want to do what you guys want to hear, so uh, if you post in the comments, let me know, um, maybe now's the time to change it, maybe it's, I'd rather just keep it the same, but uh, either way, as always, thanks for watching, um, and I will see you guys next week.